2: A podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Packaday Podcast. I'm Steve Paretsch, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah the Gerbil Kelleher. What's going on, kids?
3: <laughs> not prepared for that nickname. Um, yeah. Good, It'll man.
2: Stick. It'll stick. Doing real good, I, too. I, I,
4: I was trying not to laugh throughout the whole <laughs> intro. Um, anyways, for background information, I took a sip of water and my cup, all of the ice, the huge block of it melted right when I took a sip, and it kind of frightened me because it like <laughs> dropped into the cup and it made a really loud noise, and then I was I panicked, and so it made this horrible, in their words, gerbil sounding sound into the microphone <laughs> right before we started recording. So sorry. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't mean, really describe it any better. How are you doing, Dusty? Doing great, man. <laughs> oh,
3: tight.
4: I'm doing well, Steve. Thank well you. Hydrated, said, yeah. Steve.
2: She's
3: hydrated. Very well hydrated, Steve. I thought well you answered hydrated. already. I apologize. <laughs> no, good. Tired. Tired, <laughs> but happy.
2: Dusty's busting, busting his ass doing some work with some wow. kids around. Mm. Sarah, how are you doing? You're doing good?
4: I'm good. I had It was a long day, but I'm excited to be here with you guys because it always cheers me up. So.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have had uh, about fifty minutes of, of pre-game talk before we even started recording, so uh, we'll see if we can match that and go fifty minutes for the uh, <laughs> the podcast. But uh, yeah, everything's going good. Um, we actually have some Packers stuff to talk Woo! about today. We even we asked them for some questions as well that we'll get to at the end. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of stuff to get into um, Packers deals, NFL news, all this kind of stuff. So we're kind of going to bounce back and forth between the two of you guys see exactly what your reactions are to it but uh Dusty we'll start with you officially the Packers have signed their entire draft class now DeGuara has been signed third round pick uh tight end so I know you kind of looked at the numbers a little bit but I mean it's a good thing right
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing shocking. It's uh, 4.5 million over four years and 800,000 guaranteed. So, yeah, about in line with kind of what's expected. And it's kind of one of those. I mean, really, since the uh, since the rookie cap kind of went into effect, however many years ago that was, it's just assumed everyone's going to sign other picks. But still, it's nice when it actually happens. So. Uh so yeah, good. No shockers. On, I know I've seen some a lot of guaranteed money kind of thrown around in some of this stuff, but guaranteed money isn't crazy. It seems seems about in line with the uh, with with his draft status there. So it's a good news. They're all uh, they're all signed. I was going to say they're all in the building, but they they are not, which is something else not we'll talk about. Yes, but they are all signed, no. which is exciting.
4: four hours from now. Right? It's
3: a, it's a nice
2: little tease. That is the next note mm. on my little uh, Sarah Kelleher note card that I have here. <laughs> the rookies did not report today like originally planned, but the, the NFL and NFLPA worked a bunch of stuff out today, which we'll kind of jump into a little bit more. But that does mean rookies in the building on Thursday. Sarah, what's, uh, what's your gut reaction?
4: I mean, obviously I'm excited about it, just because I think it's one step closer to potentially a season. And I know that's been something that we've been talking about, that everyone's been talking about. But is it even possible? So um, I know The past couple days, uh, the NFL was kind of like, oh, wait, we don't really have a plan. But it seems like they're uh, getting it together slowly but surely. So I'm hoping this works out. I'm, um, you know, there'll probably be roadblocks and bumps um, along the way, especially with testing. I think um, it's inevitable that someone might test positive here and there. Um, and they'll have to quarantine and just kind of see what happens there. Um, There's so many unknowns. So I'm curious, but like I said, more than anything, I'm excited because I think it's one step closer to football, and that's what we want. That's what so many of us want. And, yeah, it it made me feel a little more optimistic, like, okay, this might really actually happen one way or another.
2: Uh, On the down, down note, Dusty, it apparently looks like Lambeau Field parking lots. Will not be hosting any tailgates if people are allowed in this year. How does that make you feel?
3: Man, it's. I mean, it's sad. I mean, I've, every time we've gone to a game up there, we've made sure to go up early and then um, kind of just just walk around. I, actually, I, I don't know if we did that for the Chicago game because we spent time in the uh, in the uh, cheesehead no, we house there. But, we were
2: in the warm, friendly <laughs> yeah. confines of the cheesehead TV. Yeah, you know, we were so had, uh, old fashions and brats and
3: oh uh, yeah, it was, quote unquote it was warm. It was cold outside. Sorry, like sir. it was, we weren't leaving. Yeah, that was the only game I didn't do it for. But every other game, like I, I think I've tailgated for one game. Um, but every other game we've gone to, you know, we kind of get up there a little early. We walk around uh, for the Seattle game this past year. I hung out at uh, Kurt Cousino's tailgate and met a bunch of people. Like it's, it's a fun experience. And that sucks. it's not going to happen. Now there are a bunch of houses around there, and so I just assume everyone's going to be tailgating off site. But, and I was going to say that might be crowded it likely will not be given the restrictions that we'll talk about here in a second but it's it sucks cuz that's such a huge part of the game day experience i mean that's it's not true of just Lambeau's. It's, it's true of every stadium it's true of every team that you you get that tailgating experience so it, it's not unexpected but it it's it makes me a little sad if there's football that'd be amazing but the, the something's lost if you don't have tailgating before football
4: it's like the spirit of it yep.
3: almost but yeah. that, it's,
4: just, they kind of go hand it's hand. such a
3: communal thing man you really just walk around and uh, i met <laughs> before the seattle game I was standing out there i met people that like drove in from seattle it was their first game they were just walking by and talking and you walk around and you talk to whoever's standing there and you get you get brats it's just like just getting more into kind of that sense of family you get that really communal experience so it, it's it's going to be sucked it's going to suck that that's that gone but like i said i think that's going to move off site people are just going to have little things in their backyard and people will kind of join those a little bit I I assume
2: yeah i mean I, adapting kind of the, the the pandemic is making everybody adapt to mm-hmm. their entire lives so obviously that's going to happen too with the tailgate um but hopefully next year after vaccines after all this kind of stuff we'll be back to normal and having a blast in parking lots like uh, like we should at lambo tara let's jump to you um You sent this to Dusty and I, and I wanted you to break down the TikTok video that blew up for the Vikings. Uh, Just a brief recap for people if they didn't see it, and then your gut reactions to it, because I know you had a blast and thought it was hilarious.
4: I did. So this morning, I'm sure like many of you, um, like I do every morning, kind of I have my morning scroll on Twitter and just see what's going on, and um, I saw this tweet, and... Let me find it real quick. Here we go. It says the Vikings started a new TikTok challenge asking fans to duet themselves, catching passes from Kirk cousins. The responses are fantastic laughing face emojis. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I click on it and it's, um, Kurt cousins throwing a pass and this guy, God bless him. Um, <laughs> runs, looks like he's going to catch the, the pass and you know, who's, whoever's throwing it to him is out of view of the camera. Um, And the ball just, he kind of slows down his run. He looks, he turns and looks back towards the camera, and the ball just sails completely over him, so far behind him. And it just made me laugh so hard because it was perfectly timed, perfect execution, something that I needed to start off my day. So I will retweet this um, tomorrow, or (laughs) tonight, and in the morning. So anyone that listens to this can go see it, and it'll be the first thing that's on my page. But it is hilarious. It honestly, I hope that there's more. I'm sure that there is more. But um, this guy really knocked it out of the park. I wish I knew. I think his name. It says Austin Craig 42 on TikTok. So if you have TikTok, I do not. He probably has some pretty.
2: If you have TikTok, delete it.
4: Yeah. (laughs) But
2: totally check it out. Grumble, grumble, grumble. No, haven't you read all about
4: that? Like.
3: No, I don't. I don't read about TikTok. I'm oh, a grown man. <laughs> dude, dude, do a little research, man. It's not a good thing to yeah, have on your phone. I don't have it on my
4: phone. But anyways, this guy, the video is on Twitter, so you don't have to download TikTok. <laughs> it's quite fun. And, you know, everyone knows I like to kind of roast Kirk Cousins. So if you like to ro- Kirk, roast Kirk Cousins, too, I got some great content
2: for you. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, all right, Dusty, we've got a. Tweet from Tom Palicero, who mm-hmm. has an update from the NFLPA call with the players tonight. Officially, no preseason games in 2020. Uh, the union's pushing for a longer ramp-up period in the camp. Uh, roster sizes are expected to be 80 to start camp, not 90. General agreement on voluntary and high-risk opt-outs, and a general agreement on a stipend if games are lost.
3: I mean. Good things, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't have any more details on that. So the general agreement, I mean, but that is, that is, I mean, those were two huge things that were a hold up. So if there is a general agreement on those, I think that's that's amazing. Um, the, like the no preseason and the roster sizes to 80 is real, real tough. Uh, it's tough for a lot of guys. Now, I mean, a lot of those guys are kind of the 80 to 90 range, 81 to 90. It's not like most of those guys are, are really going to do a whole lot anyway. But for a lot of guys, that is kind of their... Their chance, even if that's just bouncing around practice squads or something, just, just trying to do maybe even a cup of coffee in the league, you know, just that's their chance to kind of do something in preseason, show what they can do, whether that's special teams for their team or another team or, you know, again, practice squad or something. So it sucks for a lot of those guys. I do believe practice squads are going to be increased. I don't have a. I think okay. I went from twelve to
2: sixteen. Okay. If I remember correctly.
3: Okay, that's um, that still doesn't quite get you there, but that that does get a little closer, so that's good. Um, but the no preseason games. I mean, uh, man, listen, as Packers fans, we might be uh, we might be in a decent shape here because they've been starting out rusty anyway because most of our starters don't play a whole lot of the preseason, so everyone's going to start rusty. I mean, and this is, we talked about this before, like having that, if this was LaFleur's first year, that'd be garbage. Now, second year, it's not like it's amazing, but you have some continuity there. I mean, offensive line, the only guy you're really working in here is Rick Wagner at right tackle. You've got the same quarterback. You've got the same running backs. You've got the same uh, wide receivers, the tight ends, even, you know, aside from um, so from Deguara, who you thought were going to be kind of slow moving in anyway. Uh, you've got you know Mercedes Lewis and Jay Sternberger in their second year, so the, the continuity I think is really going to help. If you've got a bunch of turnover, that's going to suck. But um, I I you know I know preseason's kind of garbage. That no preseason, I totally get it. It's also going to it also kind of sucks. Just I think that the lead into the season is going to be a little rougher. Um, just you can practice, but you don't get those live game reps. So that's I get it, but I think we're going to we're going to see that uh, in the early goings of the season for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm officially bummed out because I had been talking to my daughter about who's five about how this was going to be the year that I was going to officially take her to Lambeau for a preseason game because obviously oh, man. I can't I can't afford to do like I don't want to like she's five she like yeah. she won't care if she goes to a regular season game and I don't want to subject her to like that big of a crowd but man like I was. I was legit gutted when it was like, no preseason games. And even when with the pandemic, I was like, I probably won't do it this year. But yeah. just to have them completely canceled out obviously makes sense. But it was still one of those things It's like, well, oh, that blows. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Aw. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, this one is going to be for both of you. The Packers season ticket holders were emailed a questionnaire today asking them to choose whether they'd like to opt in or opt out for the opportunity to purchase tickets this season in the event that fans are allowed at Lambeau Field this season. So, you guys, let's say you are living in or around the Green Bay area. Sarah, would you opt in or opt out for season tickets this year?
4: Man, this is tough. Um, And I know a lot of people had to make this. uh... So,
2: stipulation would be that you obviously currently, like, had season tickets before.
4: Mm -hmm. So, this wouldn't
2: be, like, the first time you're ever allowed to get. it.
4: Absolutely. Um, I think, just for personal sake and my uh, personal kind of take on the virus and everything that's going on, I would probably opt out. Um, There's just a lot of unknowns, and I think anything, for me personally, anything that has a financial risk where the outcome is then unknown, I'm a little apprehensive (laughs) about it. And um, this kind of falls into that category. Especially if I had been a season ticket holder in the past and, you know, there's opportunity for once things kind of return to normal, whatever that may look like, to then, you know, be okay um, again and be able to continue that experience. I think um, for my sake and uh, the sake of people that I'm close with, I wouldn't want to risk going, even if fans were there in a limited capacity. I know um, right now, like, a perfect example is, theme parks in Florida are open and I'm not necessarily going there because Hmm. they're open. So that's just something um, to think about. And it's like, if that's what you want to do and you're comfortable and you have evaluated your risk, whether that's personally, financially, whatever it is, and you're comfortable, go for it. But for me, I just don't think I would take the risk.
3: And I think I would opt in. I would opt in, but it's with stipulations. My, I would opt in, uh, knowing that it's it's limited capacity. I mean, Sarah, you mentioned uh, theme parks, which, uh, man, theme parks are just, it's it's just people milling around, man. Like, you can't avoid people at theme parks. At, at a certain point, you just, you cannot. And even that's with, whether they're disinfecting the rides or not, you, you, there's a certain level of that. Have, haven't point.
2: you seen, though, Disney, Disney is now saying you can't eat or
3: drink and walk at the same time. That's, that's their it. new rule. Well, that'll take care of it. Yeah, that's gonna solve everything. That'll really knock it out. Um, I mean, f- <laughs> football game is different. I mean if you're filling and we're gonna talk about it here in a second, but if you're filling at partial capacity and you get there at a you know, certain time and you stay a certain amount of away from people and you wear your masks and, and if they're doing what they should be doing and they're wiping down the seats and, and all of that stuff, you can stay away from people enough. Now, there is, there is still a risk involved in that. There is still, you know, just you're, people are cheering and you're projecting and there there is still, you know, something that could happen there. I think if it was me, and this is tough because it's it's all hypothetical because I do not live anywhere near Green Bay and I do not have season tickets, um, I think I would just as long as I was convinced that the team was doing the right things in terms of, of promoting kind of social distancing and making sure that everything was kind of wiped out. Now, I, I don't think I would – Eat or drink anything while I was there. I would not go to the concession stands. I would just sit and watch the game and do the thing and then leave. Um, so I think I would I think I would, but I would have to make sure that all that stuff's being done. Which I, I would believe there probably are.
2: Yeah, I, I mean especially if they if everybody's wearing masks and everything I think a couple, like two or three people do a row and stuff like that, that might get them to the I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be fascinating to watch how this all. Yeah, works. like I said,
4: there's so many unknowns that it's mm-hmm. like, what will happen? Will it work? Will people go in with masks and then once they get inside, take them off? Like, how is it enforced? Like, there's yeah. just so much to think about.
2: All right, let's move on. Um, social justice wise, I don't know if you guys saw the MLB tweeting out today, but it was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of uh, really cool stuff uh, talking about you know Black Lives Matter and. All this kind of good stuff, uh, and in that note, it was it came out I think yesterday or early early this morning that uh, looks like the players are going to be allowed to wear helmet decals this season uh, bearing the names or initials of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, or other victims of systemic racism and police violence. Uh, they're still the NFL and F- NFLPA are still working to have a list in time for the start of the season, but. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, this is pretty outstanding. Like this is again, another thing of moving towards the line of they real, the NFL realizing the whole Colin Kaepernick thing was not in the right, in the best light for them. Um, and mo- the, this step to me is a,
3: is really a good thing. And do you guys have any comments along those lines? I'm just, I'm very cynical. Of stuff like this. I mean, when it comes to the NFL, I, I love football, man. NFL is going to do what makes financial sense for the NFL, and so I think, I, I mean, the the move to do it, I think, is good. I'm, I'm, it's fine. They they can do it. That's fine. I'm wary of whatever the thought process is behind it. Like, it's not the NFL has not suddenly turned a corner here. I don't believe. I think it's it's just it's it's money based, which it brings up a thing where if it's if it is money based, but it is doing something good and recognizing these things, they're still good in that. But just the the, the reasoning behind it, I have a hard time um, throwing praise out for the NFL over this, just simply because. Kaepernick was not like 50 years ago, man. Like Kaepernick was a couple years ago. Like it, this is just it. Just it's it's driven by money, uh, but it is it does seem to be doing some good. So that's that's good. I'm just I'm a cynic from like as it. far as no, the genesis point of it.
4: Yeah, I think I was um, surprised to see you know that they just based on their uh, past uh, reaction to things. I was surprised when they um, announced that this was going to happen, but I was also pleased that the players will have the opportunity uh, to express um, and support um, of, you know, movements or social justice uh, groups or just ideas and anything in that realm that means something to them. So um, if, you know, moving forward, players are going to be able to express um, that and be able to feel open and not um, almost be, you know, shamed by the league that they play for um in doing it so, then I think that's at least a step in the right direction. Uh, like you said, Dusty, who knows what the intentions for decision makers were, but I'm glad that the players at least will have the opportunity um, to wear that on their helmet um, if that's something that they truly and strongly um, stand for and believe in. So I think that in itself is is a good thing.
2: All right. Uh, before we jump into some uh, listener questions, the last thing I wanted to talk about was getting us all caught up on Twitter, like rage and everything like that. So Chris Sims and Mike Florio put out lists of top ten receivers and power rankings for what, for NFL teams, and everybody freaked out about it. Um, and actually one of the questions was from my brother, uh, Kevin, who wanted to know why Devontae Adams was not on this list. So before we even jump into it, it's because Chris Sims wanted people to talk about it. <laughs> uh, there's, there's no freaking way that Stefan days, Cortland Sutton, AJ Green and his old age, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. There's like six or seven dudes that are not better than Devonte Adams on that list. So he needed people to talk about this list and that is exactly why it looks the way that it does. But, uh, Sarah, I know you tweeted out about it. Dusty, you're like curmudgeony and old and you don't even look <laughs> okay. at this stuff anymore don't care about lists in july i know but uh sarah what'd you think
4: i mean i just think the lists are stupid in the first place so half of my tweet was embarrassment that this list is real and embarrassment that this is happening again like i just uh i did the emoji like five times of the hand in the face like face (laughs) um and that was it i didn't say anything else about it but it's just like Time and time and time again. It, this, the list in this off season for the Packers is turning into the Aaron Rodgers is a bad leader narrative during the season. Like, it, it's this is the new that. Um, it's like, which Packers player are we going to exclude from this list they should probably be on? Um, but, I mean, it's whatever. I don't think anyone needs to get worked up. I think you can think they're stupid and dumb and maybe other players should be on there. But we talked about it last week and I said the same thing. Please don't lose sleep please <laughs> um please <laughs> please yeah pretty pleased with the cherry on top <laughs> but <laughs> they're they're whatever I mean there's so, no um, NFL analyst or expert was like yeah Aaron Jones is he's gonna have a tremendous season this year and score all these touchdowns for Green Bay and then look what he did last year so there's just so many I feel like this is my the answer for so many things today there's so many unknowns and the, those lists are some of them, and who knows. And, again, it's a slow time for sports, so clicks are a thing right yeah. now. And those lists, they want you to argue. They want you to be mad. So don't fall for the traps.
2: What they do, man. <laughs> and it's it's super shocking that Florio put the Vikings right in front of the Packers. Yeah. like that He is,
3: stays yeah. on brand, man. He
2: stays on, on brand.
4: Incident? Come on. <laughs>
2: Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's jump into some questions from the listeners. First one, um, we've got Chris Bush, and he wants to know, if there is not a season played this year, how does that change your feelings on the PAX draft? Dusty, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, after the draft happened, some people were like, you know, it makes a lot of sense if you don't think football is going to be played next year. And guess what? It's still really doesn't like it doesn't to me it doesn't make any more sense if there's football or not football like you're still you're still looking at certain things you're looking at likely you know the departure of either Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones or potentially both you're looking at Mercedes Lewis out the door and also getting more multiple with Degora and you're looking for uh Aaron Rodgers departure uh in a in a year or two and you're you're grabbing his backup and hopefully heir apparent those things don't change and so we talked about this we touched on this a little bit so I don't want to take a lot of time about you know preseason not being there. If you can practice, that's one thing, but without getting game reps, and I guess that helps Deguara. I think Dylan's kind of plug-and-play at running back. Um, but Deguara, it, tight end is one of the toughest positions to go from college to the NFL to learn because you're learning uh, tight end position. You're also learning receiving routes. You're also learning run blocking and pass blocking. So you're offensive lineman. And if they want to use Deguara as a fullback, then they, that's an extra dimension of things to learn as well there too. So it's already going to take a while for him to get going. Now, and a full year of no games and b- practice and he's learning the scheme and stuff, he, it's still not like he's going to come out the next year and be gangbusters because he has no game reps. And so, like, if you want to squint and say, like, maybe it does, yeah, maybe it does. It, it might, but it's still it, – we'll see how these guys work out. It's still – where they picked them. is still just as baffling as, as it was at the time. So I, I I'm still of the mind, like – Sure, and then you also get, hopefully, I guess, no one knows how it's going to work, another draft, and so then the question is, I guess, are you supplementing, maybe you're grabbing a receiver out of a draft class next year that's going to be more loaded without playing a game, and that's your receiver you're taking? If that's the scenario, then maybe, but it's still, like, it's not like DeGuar is going to be gangbusters by sitting out a year without playing a game. So it it doesn't really change it too much for me.
2: Sarah, any other thoughts?
4: I mean, I think Dusty pretty much um, hit everything there. Um the biggest thing being that you just don't know how the contracts work. What What's going to happen with, you know, like you said, Dusty players that have one year mm-hmm. left. And that kind of freaks me out. It's like, are we, if there isn't a season, are we just, is, is that it? Is that done? Like, for. Pers- for me, I'm like I need the closure. I need I need, I need an ending. Just not having an ending. Uh,
2: I need another year year of Aaron Jones. Exactly. Yeah. That,
4: that's really what I was trying to say. So thank you, Sue. I'm <laughs> like say goodbye. <laughs> I have to. Like, um. But that's really the biggest thing for me is how does that work? Is this just a year where everyone's like, okay, we're gonna pretend that that never happened and move on, or and kind of next year would be the final year, or is this year count even though there was no season? Um, so yeah, I really hope, um, it's not the latter just because I would feel sad that mm-hmm. that would be it. And I think there's also something, you know, knowing if a, it might be a player's last game. Like I know when Randall Cobb, um, time in Green Bay was coming to an end, we kind of knew that and we were like, oh, this sucks, but you know, it's going to happen we could at least enjoy him while he was still on the team. And I think with Aaron Jones and, you know, Jamal Williams, it would, it would really suck to not be like, this is the last time I can watch them. And knowing that last season, when I saw them, was the last time and just yeah. not know. That would that would really stink.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I'm not allowed to bitch about uh, underutilizing Aaron Jones for another season, like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do.
4: What's the point? Like, like
2: I, I've officially moved on from the inside linebacker position. I just know it's not happening. Like, it's just something I can move on. But when, when they're – you know, Aaron Jones has his best game of the year and all of a sudden the like, yeah, we need to make sure that we manage his time properly and we're not giving him as many touches. i like, ugh. <laughs> that and then McCarthy from the year before. Holy crap, I just – uh like I need to be able to yell at something, at somebody for that. So, um, okay, let's move on. Um, Joshua Tiskamp wants to know which 2010 Packers players, other than Rodgers will be in the Packers Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, or they have their number retired? Uh, Dusty, I know you got a you got a couple in mind, right?
3: Yeah. So or for you, starters, you know,
2: yeah, who's already in Packers yes. Hall? Of Fame.
3: From that era, um, Driver and Collins are in, and uh, Clifton is as well. So we've got the so three guys are already out um, that that we kind of we kind of already said we're going to be in. So those three are out. Um, I mean, there's there's quite a few. And, and Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, Woodson, Woodson for sure. Yeah. Woodson, Packer Hall of Famer, and he's Pro Football Hall of Famer. Like that's 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 an absolute lock. Um, I don't believe he'll get his number retired though. I they retire so few. I think is yeah. probably the only guy. Um
4: yep. Agreed.
3: Uh, I mean Clay, Clay and Jordy locks for Packers Hall of Fame, right? I mean, for sure. Does either one of those guys into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Jordy, no. No. I, probably not Clay. I haven't looked I to see his numbers lately. I mean, he is well maybe, Packers all-time sack leader. It depends on what he does. Like, if he has anything left in the tank the next couple of yeah, years, I, I think. And he's not even signed to a team right now. No, he's not.
5: Oh I would God. say he's I about
2: that. I would say he's like he may be fringe, but I think he fell off like too much at the end like the last couple of years to the point of not putting up numbers enough numbers to get him into the hall. Yeah. Um and I definitely don't think he's gonna get his number retired, so um but we did uh Bulaga is Belaga. somebody that definitely would be in a Packer Hall of Fame. I'll be interested to see how things go out uh in California for him. And yeah, that I think that will be that is going to be the biggest factor. If he can go another like four years, three four years like his contract and perform at a high level, I think there's a chance he might slide into the Hall of Fame. Like he was wildly underrated for the Packers as to the things that he did for them. Like everybody yelled and screamed and, oh, he's always hurt. He's always hurt. He's playing like thirteen fourteen games a year, and that's pretty good for a big offensive lineman. Yeah, and he was really good when he did so.
3: I think we mentioned uh, Raji. Raji's a maybe yeah. for the Packers Hall of Fame. Like, definitely not pro, but just just for I think he, I don't think he played long enough. His, his contributions in the NFC Championship game in 2010, if mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if nothing else, may get him over the top. Um, kind of a, a fan favorite during his time there, but I I I kind of don't think Raji would. I don't think he did it enough while he was in while he was there. Yeah,
2: no, I get it. I mean, uh, especially for a top 10 pick, like. He was good. He wasn't amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost as if he's kind of like, he's known for those, those big moment plays that he made, but there wasn't, there wasn't enough, like over a long term career to well, be. Well, and even
3: then, like that next year, like it, it, he was like, he doesn't have the stats just because of his position and what he was asked to do. I think he was early in his career was good, but then like starting like, what do he retired after 2011, 2012, um, but he did not do well after that 2010 season. So, like, he had a short career that was not all great. So, yeah. one guy had a career that was long and not very great, and that's AJ Hawk. Hawk Hawk is in, correct? Like, AJ Hawk is absolutely in the Packers Hall of Fame, but nowhere else. Eh. Really? Oh, thank you, you. Mister Mr. Inside Linebacker, Steve? Yeah. I, no. No. Okay. I,
2: okay. I don't think AJ Hawk. Okay. He was a, a fine player, like, a for the number, what, number five pick that he mm-hmm. was. Not great. I mean, he was solid. He wasn't super, super impactful. Like, he wasn't over the top like the player that you wanted him to be. So, I, putting him in the the Packers Hall of Fame would probably shock me
3: a little bit. Like, man, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I just feel like Hawk is a guy that absolutely is getting in. I just, I have that feeling that he is absolutely getting in. Why? I
5: don't know.
2: Man, people (laughs) love him. I feel like Ryan Reynolds, like taking the mask off. But why? People loved AJ Hawk. Like, I I did not.
3: I did not. Listen, listen. I don't know anything you go ahead and ask the vast majority of Packers fans what they felt about AJ Hawk, most Packers fans loved AJ Hawk.
4: But do you think they loved him enough? But you so
3: think he should be in the Packers Hall of Fame? People want John Kuhn in the Packers Hall of Fame, man. Like Man, I get it. Why though? <laughs> why, man? Doesn't make yeah, any sense.
4: Steve, you just defeated your argument there. Moving <laughs> <laughs> <Right> on, Max. <Matt. laughs>
2: no, this is good. This is really good. Um, he scored lots of touchdowns, man. And he had sure. his own he had his own calling. Sure, lots. He had lots, lots of touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, there was like one time he had like two touchdowns in now.
3: That's a good point, Steve. One time he blocked a guy. That was great.
2: Yeah. If anything, he gets in for his block on Julius Peppers for the uh, the, the touchdown yeah. pass to Cobb. Nah. Okay. Nah. I'm glad that you're the one making that decision. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Let's roll these next two questions kind of into each other. Uh, Christopher Karlecki and Jay Nalt want to know what we think about ha- about no preseason games happening and the effects of basically no off season on the young guys. Uh Dusty you touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I touched on the preseason stuff. Sarah did you have any kind of initial thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I think um it's Obviously a little scary, but if they're able to at least be at this facility and train with the team and, you know, in that NFL environment, I think that can be beneficial no matter what. Kind of like what Dusty said earlier, it obviously hurts that there isn't those game reps uh, during the preseason. But, um, you know, for some people it might slow uh, growth or potential a little bit. But I think for some guys, it may end up in the long run being beneficial um, that they were that they kind of got, I don't want to say extra time. Um, but for those that, you know, are in the rookie class that then, you know, are signed and sealed and on the team, um, it might serve them well to just kind of slowly be in, in that NFL environment and kind of figure out uh, what, what it is and what it's all about. And I think for guys um, who you know would be undrafted free agents, it's really unfortunate because there's always uh, somebody out there that surprises you that was overlooked in the draft, and it sucks that they won't um, get a shot. I mean, you think of guys like Alan Lazard. Like, what would happen if this was a year ago? You know, he would have never gotten the chance that he did and be able to make the impact on the team that he has. So, um. It it it's. I think it'll be good for some guys, and obviously really tough for others.
2: Dusty, any other uh, final thoughts on that? No, not really. I talked for a while about that. Okay, yeah. I mean, that basically my thoughts were pretty much what Sarah was talking about. Of, I think the biggest thing that that factors in is the with the Packers is the undrafted free agents because they obviously are known for finding some really good talents there, and not having preseason games to put tape down, not having that ability like. I think that does definitely affect them. But um, overall, I think their roster is pretty strong right now. So going from 80 to 90 isn't the worst in the world, um, especially if the practice squads are getting bigger and things like that. So shouldn't be too bad for them overall. Uh, okay, let's see. I think we've got one more here uh, from our good friend Eric Rose at Eric Rose 4, who always brings some good questions. Um, he wants to know where the best spot to sit at Lambeau is. So we've all been there multiple times. Uh, so, Sarah, where's, uh, where's, like, your favorite section, or do you have a good spot you'd like to sit in?
4: Yeah, that's a, a great question. So I, um, I've i sat, like, on the 20-yard line, behind the um, visitor's bench twice, and then behind one of the end zones uh, the last time, the most recent time I went. And I actually enjoyed being behind the end zone more, which kind of surprised me because I thought I would have liked like seeing across and being able to see everyone like on the Packers' side line. And then obviously on the 20-yard line, it's a great view. But it was just really exciting because I felt like – the behind the end zone crew was a little more hype. So it was like (laughs) when something big happened, everybody was going crazy and people were super excited and it was just kind of like a party in there. Um, So um, I don't think there's a bad seat in Lambeau. That's my personal opinion. If you're there, it's amazing. It's great, but I would sit uh, behind the end zone again. I don't remember the section, but it wasn't like right, obviously down where if someone leaped, I would be able to touch them. It was, it was higher up than that. Um, but just behind there was really fun, and I had a great view then of the whole field too.
3: Yeah, I've um, been up there a few times. I think uh, the one of the, the games I went to a couple of years ago was the Falcons game. So was, uh, if you're tracking, that's game one of the Joe Philbin era that we sat at uh, <laughs> 3:34, and we actually went we went to the, the 2014. Packers Patriots game. We were around that area as well. I don't remember the exact section, but it's 300 level. But the trick was, uh, both those times, it was 300 levels to your upper deck, but your row one, you get a tremendous amount of, of leg room. And so if people are going by you, it's not like you don't even have to stand up. You get a ton of leg room, and you, you're not really being bothered. There's not people going in and out all the time. So I'm I was a big fan of that section. Uh, I think that was. 35ish. I think that this I think 334 is visitors sideline. And you're around like the 35. And so you're high enough. I mean, you're you're high, but you know, it's 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 the th- it's a second level there. And so you're you're still up a little cuz you're overhanging that bowl. And so you get you're close enough. I don't, you don't feel like you're too far away, but you also get a really good birds-eye view of kind of everything going on. So big big fan of that section.
2: And I would say um, whatever section that we were in, we were for the Bears game. Hmm. We were in the lower bowl, but we were in like the last roll of the lower bowl. So we got like a added bonus of having like a uh, the concrete backing, and so we actually had like back support. Which yeah. you know, you get older, and that's an unbelievably crucial thing <laughs> to enjoying a Packer game. I mean, we were sitting up and down, but man, that was uh, yeah, that was, that was that
3: that was huge. Well, and also that was too, Steve, because it was the elevated behind you. Uh, and so you could stand up without having anyone yell at you. you're not bothering yeah. anyone if you stand up uh, yeah, that was a really good seats That was pretty cool and then the other one
2: I have been in one time I'm not sure like what it's called or whatever, but it's the sec- like it's that first level that has glass like enclosures for it mm. and uh I sat in the front row for that in a like late November game, which was Awesome, because I just got to wear like my jersey and take my coat off, and there was like a waitress that came around and like took your orders for food and drinks and that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, it was it was outstanding. Uh, so if you can ever get those, uh, and and please know that there's no way in hell I could ever afford those tickets myself. Those were like gifted to my father by somebody. So, uh, but yeah, if you can ever get into that section, that is freaking awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: Um and Eric as he always does brings a food question for us cuz he knows our brand. Um he wants to know your opinions on mac and cheese. So what's the best for you? Sarah, let's uh let's start with you. What's your best mac and cheese?
4: I like when it's like you make the mac and cheese and then you bake it and then you crumble like cheese. Well, first there has to be multiple cheeses involved. Not mm-hmm. just
5: cheese Mm -hmm.
4: then bake it and then put the breadcrumbs on top and then some bacon bits and then bake Mm -hmm. it that's my go-to so my grandma had like an amazing mac and cheese recipe and that was always my dad's favorite my favorite my brother's favorite it was so good um and um when she passed away we found like all of her recipe books and so recently um when I was home for a quarantine for father's day, my brother is a really good cook and he like tried to recreate it the best he could. And it was just really awesome. So, um, and her, uh, recipe consisted of all those things, but not only is it meaningful to me, but it's also just amazingly delicious. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I go to bat for that idea. Sarah, my mom has one that's kind of like that as well. That's just, it's incredible. Um, and so instead of just recreating all of that, I will talk about two of the best uh, mac and cheese I've ever had while, while eating at a restaurant. So one was in Sheboygan. There was a uh, we got a, an office up there, so it was down the street from the Holiday Inn or some pub or something. They had a buffalo chicken mac and cheese that was just delightful. So that was really good, perfect amount of spicy, like like enough to kick you but not enough to kill you. Uh, and then the other one, probably my one of my all-time favorites. We we have an office out in Portland, Oregon. And they have a uh, Deschutes uh, brew pub out there. They've got a mac and cheese they make with their black mute porter that they put, uh, they crumble up uh, bacon, like just crispy bacon, and put it in there, and then you get a crispy topping on it. Every time oh. I'm out there, every time I'm out there, I, I stop in there at least once and get that because it's it's phenomenal. That phenomenal.
4: sounds so good. I really love good. mac and cheese because... Even though I'm 22, I feel like I'm five when I eat mac and cheese. <laughs>
5: my mom
4: does not like mac and cheese, and she's like, it's so unhealthy and all this. So really when I was growing up, the only time I would have it is when my grandma made it because my mom would never make it, and if I tried to order it at a restaurant, she'd be like, oh, it's so bad for you, blah, blah, blah. She'd be like the hearty pooper about mac and cheese. So when I went to UCF, I was like, Oh my god! To tell me I can't eat it, so I've only been eating mac and cheese religiously for a few years now, and I'm happy to say it still hasn't let me down.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's very rare to find a bad mac and cheese. I will say, you know, with having kids and everything, we do have it a decent amount for them. And the if you're gonna go box mac and cheese, you gotta go Kraft, and you have to go spirals. They okay. They hit completely different than the regular ones and don't even get me started on like the shaped ones, you know, like Paw Patrol or whatever that my kids always want or unicorns. No, those ones are trash. Got to have the spirals every time. The other one that I love actually is at Miller Park. Um, There is a, they have like a, you know, gourmet mac and cheese thing and you can get different toppings on it. And the one that like is amazing is a they do pulled pork. And so they'll do macaroni yes. and cheese and then put some pulled pork right in the middle of it and then like that combination together is freaking outstanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. Um all right, I think that's uh, pretty much wraps everything up that we actually wanted to talk about.
4: Now I'm hungry. Yeah, I know. I might have
2: to go see what kind of macaroni and cheese I have downstairs. <laughs> Thank you, Eric, for that. Um but let's do some closing thoughts/positive slash positive. i don't know if we've officially transitioned into like positive positivity <laughs> yet but uh dusty what do you got for us
3: i um i turned 40 last week which is fine like I, I don't know i don't i don't particularly care so i was i going to
2: mention it but i
3: was sad for a little bit because <laughs> uh, well, one of the things we were supposed to do was 40th birthday it was all planned out we were going to we were going to Colorado big family trip in june and we were going to do a big big to do out at the stanley you know the stanley hotel out in Estes Park is the hotel that inspired the shining that's where stephen king came up with the bones of the idea for the shining and it's really? famously haunted yeah yeah so we were going to do yeah, a whole I big thing
4: up your alley.
3: Right up my alley, they have a brewery there. It looked like they planned it for his birthday, it's, Sarah. it was gonna be amazing. Shut up, <laughs> and then we had to cancel that. Uh, so that kind of sucks. I was, a little, so I was a little upset, a little sad. So, uh, you know, we, we had a, a small get together. So, for my 40th birthday, I went over to my uh younger brother's house, and he had you know, we were sitting outside, he's got outside table, he had just brought a projector, and so we were sitting outside, uh, probably four or five of us, spaced out, sitting at a table. Having some drinks and uh, watching old Packers games on his uh, on his um, screen. Uh, we did uh, I think that the the Falcons yeah the Falcons um, Falcons divisional game in 2010 and then the Super Bowl and then we went back to do the uh, 96 Super Bowl, which just man so much fun. Um, so I didn't get to do Colorado, but we did get to do that. And you know I, I live. Like, very close to my family, very close with the, I'm one of five kids, and I'm very close with all my siblings, but we don't see each other as much as we used to. So being able to kind of just do that, just sit outside for, I was going to say a few hours, legitimately over there until like 3 a.m., um, just, just talking yeah, yeah. and watching football and stuff. So uh, that was kind of awesome. It was, uh, it was more of a low-key celebration than, than it was originally planned on, but uh, still still pretty fantastic. So it was, uh, it was a good way to usher in 40, I think.
2: Very cool. Happy uh, belated birthday. I know we talked on, you. on your birthday, but uh,
3: again, appreciate that.
2: Sarah?
4: Um, my positive thought uh, slash words of encouragement would just be, um, you know, to keep doing your part. Um, we're going to get through this. I think this week, I, I know Premier League has been back, MLS has been back, NBA is coming back this week, MLB is coming back this week. There's talk about the NFL and players reporting. So this is – for me, personally, the first time in a while where I'm, like, even being in Florida where I am, where things are just out of control, I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're going to do this. We're going to get through this one way or another. Um, and I know I kind of gave myself a pep talk this week. So for anyone that needs that pep talk, you can do it. We can get through this. We will get back to, you know, getting out there, eating at your favorite restaurant, going to watch your favorite sports team. We're going to get through it. So that's my uh. Closing thought and pep talk. Hopefully, kind of put some extra pep in your step. But we're <laughs> gonna get through this.
2: <laughs> pep in the step, you gotta love it. Uh, all right, I've got two things. Uh, number one, I've got to do a, a quick shout out to uh, a very prominent person on Packers Twitter. It's I'm sure a, a bunch of you guys know her, but it's. Chell's Tastic or Chels Bells. Mm. Uh, she's actually making me like a custom Packers mask. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm super excited, especially, I, I mean, I've, I've talked to you guys about this. You know, my hair is definitely going bye-bye, and so I started to shave my head, and I find uh, a lot of the masks are irritating either behind my ears or on the back of mm-hmm. my head. And so the only ones that I really like are the ones I can pull, like like almost like a tube, and so I just shot her a DM one time and I was like, Hey, I see you make masks. Would you be able to make one for me? And she's like, You know, I haven't made any like that, but she's like, Yeah, I'll make one for you. And so she's figuring out a way to make it for me, like personally, which is That's just awesome, really cool. So if you ever need, if you have the need for a Packers mask, I know she's making them. Um, go to, she's got a website, she's got Twitter, do all that kind of stuff. So
3: she's good people too. Oh, she's yeah, su- she is awesome. supporting good people. She's awesome.
2: Yeah, she's really cool. Uh, just a couple of interactions I've had with her so far have been just. Really, really nice. So um, there's that. Um, and then the other thing, this is going to go very off-brand for me, but uh, our, our good friend Dusty here has talked about how he's considering putting himself out for an offensive consultant for high school uh, <laughs> high school football, and he's quickly talked himself out of that. And I know there's a couple people that replied on Twitter, but um, I need the power of the Packaday podcast listeners to yell at Dusty and uh, – <laughs> Tell him that he's a smart man, and that's a, a. I think that would be a really cool first step for him in the, the football world to get out there and try to, test some of that knowledge that you got. So,
4: Coach Dusty, I yeah, like-
2: <laughs> I want to see you on the sidelines with a visor and like a windbreaker, just aggressively um, chewing I want to gum, see you
4: break a clipboard, like <laughs>
3: <on> your-
2: <laughs> I can do it. I
3: got some practice
2: <laughs> that, and then I also want some video of you like doing the running and jumping to the quarterback and, like, bumping sides or whatever they do. Like, okay. I need some of that, okay. some of that action. But uh, that's, that's what I want to say. So you need to, if that's something you think you can do, like, we all know that you're smart enough to do that. So
3: you go out and do that. That is very off-brand for you. Very off-brand you. for me. Thank but you. it
2: was, uh, you know, Twitter's been a crazy, wow. crazy, crazy, like, downward spiral place the last couple <laughs> of weeks that I wanted to put some, some positive stuff out
3: Appreciate there. Appreciate that.
2: So, Thank you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We will be back next week. Hopefully there's even more Packers news to talk about. But, as always, on Twitter, it's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kalher 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at pack Podcast. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Keep uh, wearing a mask as much as humanly possible. Keep doing good things for other people. And, as always, Go Pack Go!